we went on this hike and it was like such a journey and Jordan only brought flip flops. I ended up losing a tennis shoe. It was just like we were roughing it. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. Yeah, but I had maybe... no idea what I signed up for. Welcome to On Arrival, the Traveler's Podcast. We're your hosts, KT and Jordan. Throughout our 20s, we've lived and traveled all around the world and fell in love with exploring new cultures. Here at On Arrival, we interview some of the world's most eccentric travelers to hear their original and authentic stories. We hope this show inspires you to take your next trip. And that when you land, you have a game plan. On Arrival. Aloha. We have Kula Batangan on the show today to talk about everything Hawaii and his tour throughout Europe with a professional dance company. Sit back and enjoy the conversation. All right. Hello. Hello. Uh, Today we have a dear friend of mine on the show. We go way back to our time together at the University of Michigan, where we both graduated with our Bachelor's of Fine Arts in Dance. He arguably lives in one of the most beautiful places on earth, which is Maui, Hawaii, where he is a certified gyrotonics trainer as well as pursuing a career in healthcare. He is no stranger to adventure as his travel experience spans from Europe to Asia and all around the continental United States. Welcome, Kula Patangan. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. Very excited to be here. Very flattered that you asked me to be on this podcast. And uh, it's wonderful to see you both and to be talking to you both again. So um, yes, I'm very excited seriously. to be here. We're happy to have you, man. Thanks for joining us. I know. It's been a while since we've seen you. I mean, we were in Maui in 2018. So, geez, mm-hmm. time flies, right? Time really does fly. And I know you both have been doing some really exciting adventures. Um and traveling to different places. So it, it's always fun to to catch up with old friends. It's always fun to catch up with um, the experiences that you've been going through and to share some of the experiences that I have too. So very yeah, excited yeah. for this uh, travel podcast. Thanks, Yay. man. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, to kick things off, we got a lot to talk about today. But to start off, we'd like to ask a question that we will ask all of our guests, which is we would love to hear your most memorable travel experience? This one, this one is a hard one. I'll be honest. There's, I was privileged to be able to travel quite a bit. And one of the things that really resonates with me the most is the experiences that I can have and share with people. There's quite a lot that I was able to do by myself, but it's when I was able to share that experience, develop a relationship with somebody else um, and really share in, what was going on around me and to learn something new that really resonated with me the most. Um, I want to point to an experience when I was over in Europe and just touring around. I was part of a dance company at the time. I wasn't really familiar with the language. We were going to some different countries. I was in Milan at the time. And Mm. one of the lovely things about art and dance is how it translates yeah, or it yeah. transcends um, language barriers. And um, I was able to perform in dance, but also do a cello solo because I was a musician at the time as well. 
and it just resonated so well it was such a beautiful experience um touring is always hectic as you both know yeah in different aspects uh, you know me dance jordan basketball he's like in a tour as well (laughs) Mm -hmm. crazy so it's a lot but when you're doing these activities that really transcend like the cultural differences the language barriers it's such a rewarding experience and so um, 100%. I, I, it does resonate a lot, um, that particular experience when I was touring. Yeah. Yeah. That's I can really feel fun. that. It is it is really rewarding the people along the way. You know, that's one of the things we talk about is, you know, really spending the time with, you know, really good people, you know, quality people, authentic people. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes those moments like so much more valuable than if you were just, you know, going to see some some place or some site. Yeah. And I think that's another really interesting thing to think about because I think about our time in Russia where with just body language and like hand signals and movements, like um, with your face, you can really communicate with someone in a different language. So that Mm -hmm. really makes me think about dance and performance. Like it doesn't matter, you know, what language you speak when you speak. Or sport. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things that you can communicate through. Mm -hmm. So that's really beautiful. Yeah. It's like we're all it's Mm -hmm. we're all living this human experience and it's you know, we're united in the fact that we all, you know, ultimately like we have the same desires and passions and to some extent, you know, everybody's unique, but we're all driven by that same those same, you know, human human feelings and emotions and desires and Mm -hmm. you know. So Kula, when we met, it was through U of M um, through the dance program, as I mentioned in your intro. But I know that you took on some pretty exciting adventures before then. Um, Can you tell us about those? Yeah. So one, I alluded a little bit to it earlier. One of the rewarding experiences that I got to um, participate in was traveling through Europe. Um, I had auditioned when I was in high school and I was accepted to this um, touring company. And it it was a very special time for me. I can say with some certainty that I was the first Hawaiian to enter the studio halls there and perform on some of those stages. And, um, and so, so I've That's been told. Cool. And so it, it, it meant a lot. Um, giant cultural shock as well. Um, in growing up on Maui, dance wasn't the biggest endeavor that uh, locals would participate in. And um, so to be able to run with it as far as I did was really nice. Now, dance and art, it offered these opportunities for me to travel around that I never thought I would get and to see different places and to meet different people that I didn't really think I ever would. I would read about Mm -hmm. it in textbooks, Um, but uh, to go out and do it was something special. And so that was a particular one that I, off the top of my head, that uh, really resonated. Music also offered opportunities for me. Um, I got to perform in Carnegie Hall at one point with cello and the orchestra. It's uh, very special, special occasions. It's, um, I can say it, it's difficult to put into context how amazing it was because coming from where i was from and right. coming from the mm-hmm. family background that i that i come from i um there was artistic um endeavors there but it wasn't something that we really 
participated in as a lifestyle. So, yeah. Um, right. And I feel like when people think Hawaii, they think hula and that's all they think. Mm-hmm. Can you touch on that for a little bit? Is that, I know it's like a cultural thing, but um, they don't really think of like classically trained dance. Right. It's, and, and hula is a wonderful, wonderful art form, um, very culturally rooted, a lot of significance to it. There's even martial arts mixed into it. There's a lot of um, hidden meaning, double entendres almost, um, mm-hmm. to the form. Uh, and some people take it in a very culturally rooted way. There are others that take it in a very touristy kind of way. where Right, it, like where Jordan uh, was dancing the hula <laughs> on our honeymoon. I saw that video <laughs> and it was amazing. <laughs> it's stashed you know, away. It was nobody else is going to see that. No, <laughs> <laughs> but um, and 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 both are valid. Both are extremely mm-hmm. valid. One is um, you know, it's a, it's a way of promoting the culture. It's a way right. of um, also providing an income, right? Yeah, yeah. As well, um, and participating in one's culture and one's roots, and also being able to share it. And I think that it's a very delicate balance there, the commodification of things versus you right. know, the cultural aspects of right. things um, mm-hmm. and maintaining that, of such. Maintaining that authenticity, that, that connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand that when you were in Europe for dance, you were in Switzerland, correct? I was, I was. So that's one of the countries for KT and I that we have yet to really like explore. Mm-hmm. I think we mm-hmm. both have like passed through Switzerland. Like, yeah, transit. I had a, I was the one that had the traumatic experience in Switzerland. I wouldn't call it traumatic, no. but it was it was frustrating. Yeah. Had, oh goodness. I had a really long. I've like we like you said we've never been to Switzerland to experience it, but I had like a flight that was had a long delay, and then I ended up getting to New York like too late to catch my connecting and I had to work the next day and fly out for an auto show. So it was just a kind of a crazy moment in my life, but I'm sure yours is much better. So we'd love to hear about your experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. It was lovely. I can say um, I had my fair share of oddness and uh, yeah. um, share moments some of that, haste. Please. Yeah, there was, uh, <laughs> there was a particular time. Now, fresh, uh, Switzerland is very, it was pretty closed door at the time. This was 2008. And um, I know they weren't too privy on Americans being there. And wow, um, for better or for worse, I understood the circumstances at the time, um, but uh, I didn't receive my visa um, prior to school starting, but I was still allowed in-country. And I had to fly to Paris in order to pick up my visa because wow. they didn't want to give it to me in-country. And that was a 24-hour endeavor. I flew over oh, with man. a dear friend from um, that I was working with. He was French. Um, funny enough, I asked him so that I could have some assistance going through the city. Turned yeah. out he had never been to Paris. He had never wow. been on an airplane. Uh, wow. So it was wow. a brand new experience for the both of us. And wow. um, neither of us knew exactly where the embassy was. So, and there was a one hour, oh, sorry, um, a two hour window where we're, I was allowed to go and pick it up and time was running short. So my time in Paris was really spent 
running the streets wow. and on Google Maps at the time. Um, mm-hmm. It did work out, but uh, it, it was it was extremely um, nerve wracking. Yeah, and yeah. I had to make Especially it back to Paris. Switzerland. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, so I didn't feel like I really got to absorb the city. I didn't really get yeah. to um, experience and have a gr- as great of a time as I would have. Um, I saw it in passing while jogging. So, um, and then I had to make it back to Switzerland, um, for class the next day, which was, um, an intense endeavor. It's hard to put in words how much you learn through like those firsthand experiences where you have to figure stuff out, like figure it out for yourself. Like you are in it, you are under time constraint. Everything seems to be working against you. I feel like you become so much more prepared for life from those type of situations because you feel like, you know, you can be put anywhere and like you'll figure it out. Yeah, right, it's like right, travel right. should be on your job resume because it's like lived in, yeah. functioned in other countries. Like that's an invaluable skill. I, I truly, truly agree with that. It, it is a skill. There's yeah. mm-hmm. And being able to adapt, you know, when yeah. you're in Rome, you do as the Romans. You want to yeah. show, show your respect. You want to participate, um, you know, remain true to yourself, but also be a part mm-hmm. of the communities that you're in. One of the other things that, was um, quite a culture shock was in my dance company at the time the you know I'm not the most fluent French speaker I, I wish I developed my language a little bit better and I probably should have um, but I wasn't the best and then I had a Russian teacher with the thick Russian accent wow. speaking French oh no and it was it, it was a mess my first oh, week my um, but uh, you know um, one learns to adapt and to yeah. um, pick but up cues quickly. Those are the experiences <laughs> that stick with you, though. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when those times when, they, you know, you find your way through the chaos, like, you look back and those are the ones that you really like, you know, you really always will never forget. I and I, I think a lot of Americans can relate to that fact. I know I can. I never thought I'd be traveling the globe like I do, but... I took my foreign language classes growing up for granted. You know, I didn't Mm -hmm. take them serious. Luckily, you know, English is used all over the world, but still. So my question is about dancing and touring in Europe. What is that like? That's an experience that I've taken class when I was overseas, especially in Paris, in in Rome. That was very fun. Um, But I haven't been performing and touring. Can you tell our audience a little bit of what that's like it's exhilarating there's quite a bit of um, well we do quite a bit of preparation of course and um you you understand your role you come prepared and all of the different places you just be open and adaptable there Mm -hmm. are various types of stages that we had to perform on now you know, in America, you have that flat stage. And forgive me because I can't remember the terminology, but over in Europe, there's a lot of these graded stages that are that have this 15 to 30 degree incline. And wow. you're totally off balance. You're to- totally thrown off guard, but you're only given a few hours on stage prior to, wow. um, to make it work. And so you're doing these big jumps and tour on layers and spins and things um, at an angle and just hoping an for the best. <laughs> right. Um, there's a lot of prayer involved in these performances, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, 
it's one of those things that comes with the territory, being able to appreciate where you're at, the audience that you're that you're in front of, the Italian audiences over in Milan differed from the ones that I was with when I was in Switzerland. And yeah. you you play off of these energies. And I was very fortunate to have quite a eclectic cohort. And when we we're in certain countries, I would refer to them like, what's yeah. this about? Like, yeah, how, yeah. How, how can I... Um, what, what's the respectful way to go about doing this? Yeah. How do I say this? And it, it really enhances the experience of when you're performing. And, mm -hmm. you know, tour life, of course, it's a lot of packing and then Man. a lot of shuffling and yeah. a lot of haste and then a lot of waiting. It's, it's <laughs> uh, it, there's a lot to it, as you both know. And so um, lots of excitement. I, I, um, I'll put it that way when, mm -hmm. when I was touring in, in Europe. Yeah, it's an invaluable experience. And it's so funny, like, I'm watching a dancer that was doing this professionally and an athlete that's doing this professionally. And there's so many parallels there. Yeah. It's like the same experience. You could have been describing like my life. I swear. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> different crowds, like it's the same, like you got different energies in different countries and you're relying on your teammates. And, you know, like you said, your your fellow dancers and it's just living out of a suitcase like mm -hmm. man i you know i think my suitcase was half packed this entire season yeah you know, he like wasn't unpacking his suitcase i was like um aren't you gonna like at least change out some of those <laughs> yeah you know you change out the necessities but like some of that stuff like it stays in there and it's just it is it's very similar so it, that was almost eerie to hear that mm -hmm. that's for sure yeah. right it does kind of hone in on what you need what do you mean to make this work? How can I be Man. more effective with this? Hey, more efficient with my packing? What Seriously. kind of tools do I need? It's mm -hmm. I'm um, a professional packer at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious, like, okay, so you have this experience. You grow up in Maui, you know, and then you go off and you're like traveling Europe. Like what, what brings you to University of Michigan? Like how does, where does that come in, you know? I'm really curious about how that happened. It, it's a good story in a way, um, hard in a way as well. It was um, coming to terms and accepting a situation. I was performing and unfortunately I got injured mm. and I, I threw all of my eggs in the basket of performing and doing dance and um, something happened with my lower back. It put me out for, um, for a good month. And at that point I started to realize there's, there, there may be other options available for me. There may be other ways that I can utilize this art form that I've invested so much in and still provide a lifestyle for myself. So um, I spent about a year out over in Switzerland and then um, found my way to Michigan. Now, prior to my time in Europe, I was on scholarship at a dance studio in Michigan. And mm -hmm. so I, I had that background. I went from my junior to senior year, graduated from a high school in Michigan oh, um, wow. prior to going to to Europe. And so it was a familiar place. Okay. Of course, there's the prestige of being at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Right, right. And I had reached out to the department prior to making arrangements and just inquired about uh, 
being a student there and participating in their dance program, it worked out. And so that's how I ended up over in Ann Arbor. Wow. Yeah. What, what were the, my, my other question on that, like follow up is like Hawaii to Michigan, like winters, like what was that like? It was such a wild ride, such a cultural shock. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, I read about snow in books and I saw (laughs) it in movies. Um, Although I will say, I believe that snow and frost were something that should be in the f- the fridge and the uh, the freezer and not falling on my head outside. Right. It was something something wild. I went from seventy degrees to twenty three, I believe. But um, from warm blooded Hawaiian, right. it was uh, it was quite, quite a shock. The change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where else in the world have your adventures taken you? Well, I've been to, so I spent a decent amount of time in Michigan, um, Mm -hmm. a good amount of time on the West Coast. I was in San Fran, spent some time in San Diego, and then also in New York. Um, Lovely, lovely time there. Steps on Broadway and um, yeah, it's a dance mecca for those that Mm -hmm. don't know. There's so many great classes to take and opportunities for performance. And there's a community there. So a lot of dancers, you know, they're either going to L.A. or New York, maybe Chicago. Wouldn't you mm-hmm. agree? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, eye-opening experiences, tons of people, tons of talent. Um, so I love my time there. And I had family that was in New York at the time as well. So um, made it very convenient. Um, now, outside of my touring, I did spend some time in Germany. And okay. that was for both to visit my brother who was studying abroad at the time uh, in Berlin. And I got to see the Berlinale Film Festival and participate oh, in that a bit. Um, also for Gyrotonic, I spent some time um, in Munstertal um, in the Black Forest area. So I got to see more of a countryside area yeah. and still participate in that work. And yeah, I've you've also been everywhere. Tr- yeah, I tried. I, um, <laughs> I took advantage of the opportunities in front of me for sure. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And also in Asia, personal reasons took me to the Philippines, um, considered working there. Totally different lifestyle, but um, that's another subject in, in entirety. Mm-hmm. And I also had some good friends in Japan. Um, one at the Air Force Base. My brother was studying abroad there as well, so I got wow. to visit and just some man cultural you, curiosity. You, you are a family on the move. That yeah, can sure. we interview your brother too? No. <laughs> hey, yeah, <laughs> man. he definitely yeah. pursued some uh, educational opportunities and uh, uh-huh. um, ran with it as well. So yeah, I see that. I'm, I'm interested to hear about um, your experiences in Asia, especially Japan. We got mm-hmm. you know we have not been able to. To really touch the Asian we say this every episode. We really want to go to Asia. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested <laughs> yeah. about your experience in Japan. I've got some friends that have played there, and like they seem to really like it. Mm-hmm. It's a very pristine place. Is yeah. a word that I could use for it. The people are very respectful. So the cultural aspect of it, when you're going in, you um, there's this overarching sense of respect. There's this overarching sense of modesty. Um, yeah. Your but one thing in particular that I can say is when they go into an activity, they really go in, into, into an activity. There's what does almost, that mean? I don't get it. Tell me. I need yeah, an example. Um, 
I want to say almost because I don't know the exact numbers, but there, from what I've been told, there's more Hawaiian hula studios in Japan than there are in Hawaii. Wow. No. Yes. When they wow. latch on to an activity, they really go for it. Yeah. Um, They're invested. Very, very much so. And that can be, you know, attributed to the lifestyle, how they, their cultural and moral, um, significance to things how they yeah. view the activities mm-hmm. and the endeavors that they go in yes yes um and you can really sense it when you're walking around yeah um out in the streets going to restaurants um it's uh, it's quite a switzerland was also very very pristine but there, yeah. there is there's a difference mm-hmm. um now what those are the nuances of it's hard to put into words yeah yeah though you know I will say the snow on the streets in both Switzerland and Japan were pristine white. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's weird really, because we're thinking about Russia. We just had this conversation. I was like, <laughs> how, how does it get so. We were yeah. brainstorming ideas like, okay, they need to like clean all their streets in the summer and then, then they won't have so much dirty snow. So that's funny. Where, where were you in Japan? Japan, I was in Misawa area. Where there's the Air Force Base, I had a very good friend who was um, who was working there. Um, so it was wonderful to spend some time with him there. And um, I went and toured into Tokyo. Mm. My brother was um, studying in Todai at the time. And then we did some touring um, around to some different parts. Some of the names are escaping me at the mm-hmm. moment. Um I, one endeavor that we tried to to do was visit the snow monkeys that were there. Mm. And oddly enough, it was snowing so much that all of the trails were unsafe and we, we couldn't go. They uh, um, And so due to snow, we could not see the snow monkeys. Oh, and ironic. I found that ironic. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it was one of those things. So wow. I hope I can go back. Yeah. yeah. That's we want to go too. We yeah. should make a trip. I want to go even more now after that. <laughs> uh, what brought you back to Maui? Yeah. After all these adventures, what brought you back? There is this overly powerful sense of longing to be um, in Hawaii. That one is hard to put into words as well, but I, w- I was sorely missing family. I had been away from home for about 10 years Wow, And, you know, I would visit every now and then, maybe Christmas or something, but there was, it almost felt like there was a need to be back. There was a need to participate in what was going on here on Maui. And it was almost a two-way thing. I wanted to contribute to the community and I was hoping to regain something that I felt was missing. It's a part of you. Yeah. Yeah. You could argue that I left a little early there. I know there are people that leave their homes and participate in other sports and other crafts at a very young age. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, I felt like there was a job left undone. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to reconnect with some family that I had been away from for a while. Yeah. And I felt like there was something that I could contribute here. Yeah. It's funny because like you mentioned relationships and um, I feel like when you travel the world and you, you make all these relationships with people then it makes you appreciate more like the relationships that you have, like, like your family and those people that mean something to you back at home. And it can probably, I can imagine leave you with this feeling of, you know, 
wanting to reinvest in those relationships even more. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And when you go to other places and you learn new things, um, if I felt that need to, to share those experiences with the, um, with the community, with the family that I have here, there's, you know, when, Growing up here in Maui, I attended a school called Kamehameha Schools, Mm -hmm. and it was founded by one of the last Hawaiian princesses. And she had this, there was this um, phrase, I want to say, called um, Kaleapawahi, I believe, which is the flower blossoms of this, of Pawahi, the princess. And they really harped in on developing yourself and then contributing back. Yeah. And that wherever I went, that really stuck with me. And so perhaps deep down in my subconscious and in my heart, I really wanted to come back and share Mm -hmm. um, because that thought never left. Yeah. I feel the same in a way, like even just being from a small farm town, you know, like some people, I mean, I graduated with less than a hundred kids in my class and a lot of people here don't know what's out there and they just they don't have the opportunity to experience it. So when people hear like, oh my gosh, you're living in Russia? Like, that's crazy. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like a lot of those stereotypes aren't true. So it's fun to educate and inform people. Like there's more out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like what you said about giving back to it makes me think about my school years. And we had a similar saying, like men for others. And it wasn't until I was older that I realized like I was living it out through like everything I was doing. And it's funny how those messages kind of stick with you. They're kind of like ingrained in you and you don't even really, it's like programming, you know, Mm -hmm. and you end up living it out. It calls you. And travel is such a humbling experience. I want to say even despite being, having the privilege to participate in so many different things and travel to many different places um, rather than, I mean, of course, being a dancer, you know, your ego does go up a little bit, um, but it's keeping that in check. It more than anything, it humbled me more mm-hmm. yeah. and it showed the as much differences as there were, even more so the similarities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was so grounding and it it does help appreciate help me appreciate what was here and how how to navigate things differently. It's all this sharing of ideas. And, um, you know, Hawaii is a really eclectic place. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of different cultures, um, historically through the plantations. And, um, there was a lot of, um, it's quite a big melting pot or, you know, toss salad. um, I think people use as well. Um, so it, it even helped, the relationships and the, um, me relating to the community here. Yeah. I'm going away. Yeah. Um, amazing dynamics you learn a lot you learn a lot um i want to talk more about hawaii with the the rest of the with the rest of the episode um you found your way back home and my question is you grew up in paradise basically right and then like you know you move away and i'm wondering like did you come when you came home did you like appreciate that more because i feel like as a kid growing up in hawaii you probably don't necessarily appreciate just how like you know from us we've been there once and you know growing up there's probably you take it for granted did you find that? Absolutely. When something is in your backyard, you don't really think about it as much. Right. Um, you know, I'll 
I haven't been to everywhere in the world, so I it's hard. I hesitate to say that Mount um, Hawaii beaches are the best, <laughs> but I can say it, it is very different. There, there's a difference from the the Michigan Lake beaches and the beaches that I would encountered in Europe or um, even on the West Coast. There's and even varying from island to island, there's mm-hmm. a, a different feel. So yes, I, I I absolutely took it for granted. I thought that the the beach is something everyone just grew up with, but that's part of, you know, being a, being a small island boy. I just have to say that every experience during our honeymoon to Hawaii, like I mentioned before, that was 2018, was just so enjoyable. There was nothing we didn't like. Um, we spent a total of 15 days, um, five days on three different islands. You have Kauai, Oahu, and Maui, where we were able to connect. Um, You were able to show us around Maui, and we didn't have a long time, but we did do some fun things. Um, We We were there for a good time, not for a long time. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) good one. Um, Do you find yourself doing that often for friends and family that come to visit? I try to um, as much as I can. Um, I do want to take the opportunity to say that I love the experience. I'm so glad that we got to uh, reconnect when you both were here and that I could participate in um, in your honeymoon. I, I promise um, next time I'm going to bring better shoes. I was just yeah. thinking like Jordan. Okay, so for our audience, it, you can tell the details. Um we went on this hike and it was like such a journey and Jordan only brought flip flops. I ended up losing a tennis shoe. It was just like, we were roughing it. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. Yeah, but I had maybe... no idea what I signed up for. Kula, I can... hike and yeah. it was like a climb more mm-hmm. than anything. Yeah. Kula, can you tell us about that experience? Where were we exactly? <laughs> Absolutely. So there's this particular hike. It's on the way to Hana that's on the far east side, um, quite into the, the jungle-ish, quote-unquote. And there's bamboo everywhere. It's they, they nickname it the Bamboo Forest Hike. And you're hiking into the bamboo forest. There's You're crossing streams. You're climbing big rocks. Um, at one point, you have to dive into the stream, climb yeah. a waterfall, yeah. and um, to get to the final stage, if you will, which is this massive um, waterfall that oh. you, you can swim at, at, the, um, at the base of. I jumped and into that. We're going to yeah. post a video and we'll post a photo um, on our socials at On Arrival Travel, but we have to share this. It's so beautiful and we're so thankful that you showed us oh my gosh absolutely it was one of those experiences that i love sharing um yeah. when i have close friends and family come through yeah. it's a very different side um of of maui you know yeah, for you sure. have the tourist parts which has its own validity um yet you have these other aspects of maui this this connection to nature this feeling of being a part of the environment that I really love sharing um, and that I hope people take an appreciation for when they come and visit and when they leave. Yeah. Um, so. It's like the the bamboo forest is something that people don't know about, but they just think road to Hana, you know, and this is on the way, right? It's about halfway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, it's just such an amazing experience. We highly recommend. My favorite part was definitely like when you, 
get to the end and he and Kula tells us like, okay, now put all your stuff down and take, you know, get in your swimsuit because now we have to dive into the river and swim upstream to climb this waterfall to actually reach the end. Like, you know, and it's like, what choice do you have? You just, we just hiked for like two, three hours. It's like, I'm all the way at the end. Like, I don't really have a choice. It was Um, so worth it though. Like the end is the best part. I will say that. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. miss out if you don't put that extra effort in at the end for sure. Absolutely. Almost uh, an analogy for other aspects of life, yeah, you could say. For um, sure. I, I, I hope I didn't come across as deceptive in it. it was, no, no. no, it was, no it we was, loved it. It was no, one of our favorite so things that we did. I mean, like I said, there was nothing we didn't like. No, but, it was so fun. Um, let's touch on a few of the other things that you took us to, including the shaved ice and the star fruit that star your girlfriend brought, us. brought yeah. us. It was amazing. Yeah, you know, um, Hawaii is very lush. You have all these different, um, different fruits and different, um, different foods that you can try. One of the food items that, um, developed from the plantation cultural melting pot, um, that occurred is this really delicious thing called uh, shaved ice I, you know i think um in the continental u.s they'll call it snow cone it's the, mm-hmm. the yeah. best way i can um it's similar it but it's something. not quite the same it doesn't do right. it justice it's it's powdered ice a shaved ice that's um that's grinded into like a powder form and then you have these different syrups that you mix into it due to the different fruits and um foods that we have here and going back to the melting pot aspect there's you throw in some mochi from japan and then you yeah. have this other powder that fr- that's from china um, yeah it was like a cream something was creamy i remember mm-hmm, i don't know yeah. what it was there was the, i believe it was the um condensed milk yeah that mm-hmm. they put on okay. it that, that they top it off with and it's yeah. just this super sweet delicious um treat that you can have when you're sitting on the beach and it's yeah. hot and the, the mm-hmm. sun is on you but then you're having this snow cone um yeah. concoction yeah um that's so unique here um, and i've tried starfruit like since i've left hawaii i've like bought it at the grocery store and it's just not the same i don't know what it is about the <laughs> yeah. starfruit in hawaii but it, when something and that i believe those particular ones that we shared came from a good friend's backyard so those are homegrown. That's um, what it was. And that's it's one of the, the lovely things about Hawaii too. The weather is ideal for having your own garden. Yeah. And uh, you know, when when fruit or your harvest is in excess, it, it's very normal to share. Um, yeah, it was it was so good on the way out too. It was like a perfect energizing snack before we headed home. So yeah. it was a perfect cap to our it, long long honeymoon yeah if you had to recommend one island someone's like i want to go to hawaii like i just i just want to go to one island what would you what would you say oh that's so difficult <laughs> of course i do have a bias um i love maui um in the simplest terms i could say I could say maui is kind of a mix between some metro but some off the grid mm-hmm. um experiences mm-hmm. it's it's a nice in between yeah mm-hmm. um if you're looking for that hyper nature-esque um sort of adventure Kauai is wonderful yeah. for that yeah um big island hawaii island has the active volcanoes so if you want that kind of experience being on an island then you have that and then of course you have oahu which is hyper metro 
Yeah. Um, it has interstate highways that don't go interstate because it's Hawaii. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you, you have that kind of environment. Um, and so depending on the experience you want, um, and, and I'm sure you both experienced it as you island yeah, hopped, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. each one has its own things to offer. But yeah. of course, I'm going to say Maui is the best. I'm going to agree. It was my favorite. Yeah, I think you described it perfectly, though. It's like it's got a little bit of everything. You yeah. know, for us starting out at Kauai and then going to Oahu, it was like it was like the three bears. Like Maui was just right, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they were all they were all extremely like beautiful so beautiful. In their own way, so yeah. beautiful. Um, I'm interested. Everybody's living out this crazy, unprecedented like time with COVID and like. Mm-hmm. You know, you live in Hawaii and it's so heavily dependent on tourism. I'm wondering how it's been to live in a place and see the impacts of COVID like that firsthand. Yeah. Mm. Do you feel it? Do you see it? I definitely see it. I was fortunate enough to have a job at the beginning of all of of the pandemic happening, gyrotonic stuff, PT type of work, in-person sessions, absolutely shut down. Right. Um, and yes, it, I would say devastated the, um, the hotel industries. And there are a lot of small businesses here that had to, had to, had to close. Um, it, it, it's one of the, the struggles of, of Hawaii being so reliant on the tourism industry. Yeah. I, I don't want to call it a bad thing on um, the tourist industry as a bad thing. Um, just it's, I more view it as um, a lot of eggs were put into one basket Yeah, and having travel restricted for, for so long, definitely it put out friends and family from work now it's, but it's also a very fine balance. I I'm finding that, you know, we also want to keep the communities here safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. At the That's same time, people, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the same time, um, industries want to progress. People want to go back to their jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a very it's a very delicate conversation. My personal feelings, as someone who's had the privilege to travel around, you know, when you're in Rome, do as the Romans. You want to respect the people. You want to follow the regulations. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. respect the place that you're in, but you also want to be mindful that we are in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. There's protocols and there's laws in place at the moment to keep everyone safe. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking online and I saw that travelers from the U.S. states, Canada, Japan, and South Korea are allowed to go to Hawaii, but there is still a 10-day quarantine on most of the islands as well as strict testing. So I can only imagine what impact that's had on the tourism industry. Um, Hopefully, as people get vaccinated, you guys are able to return to a more normal It's kind of a halfway open, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. have you seen an uptick in visitors since like the halfway open or is it still kind of stagnant? It's been, there's been quite a bit more um, okay. of people flying in and yeah. you can definitely sense it at the airport. Um, I don't go very often. I haven't traveled as much this past year, right. but um, this, you know, you can sense it on the roads. There's a lot more people, which, you know, um, which has its advantages, disadvantages, depends who you talk to really mm-hmm. um, um, for that. But yeah, there's definitely more people coming through. 
um, there's more people returning to jobs. And so there's, there's always a silver lining that we can be thankful for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank Yay. you. Well, thank you, Kula, yeah. for being on today. We are so happy that we could catch up. Like this gives us an opportunity to chat. And we are just we're just so thankful that we could talk to you today and hear your amazing stories and share them with our audience. Um, I know many of our listeners want to know where they can find you. So why don't you share that? Sure. I am on Facebook, Kula Batangan, and on Instagram, um, Kula Batangan as well. I believe I am the only Kula Batangan on there. There um, you go. Thankfully. We'll share it in the notes either way. Uh, for anybody heading out to uh, to Maui, you know, maybe you can get a, a tour. You might have to start charging a little bit. Yeah, man. you guys. Yeah, you got to <laughs> get those prices up. Yeah. It's a pandemic. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so thank well, you so absolutely. much. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for joining us today, on. man. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening to another episode of On Arrival. We've had so much fun recording these episodes and sharing them with you every week. If you like this episode, share it with somebody. And don't forget to subscribe to our show, On Arrival Podcast, on all podcast platforms. We would really appreciate it if you would write us a positive review wherever you choose to listen. And look for us on social media at On Arrival Travel on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you're looking for more episodes, you can always head over to onarrival.com.